0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us about biblical lifespans and genealogies from Genesis chapter 5 and the proclaiming message of Enoch. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org.
1: Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, the Word of God this morning. What a precious treasure you've put into our hands. Direct from heaven, we thank you for it. And Lord, we ask that all the benefit that it can give us, that it will give us this morning as we open it and see our precious Lord Jesus, in his name we pray. Amen. Now, please follow along here, Genesis chapter 5. As we read this here, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years, and begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and he called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And, Anos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Anos were 905 years, and he died. Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalel, and Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel. 840 years, begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. And Mahalalel lived 60 and 5 years, begat Jared. Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared, 830 years and begat sons and daughters, all the days of Mahalaleel, were 890 and five years, and he died. Jared lived sixty and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Jared, were 960 and two years, and he died. Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, last week we saw the two groups of God's seed. I like to call that seed the with God seed and the devil's seed, or the without God's seed. And they were growing together, the same on earth. And we asked the question as to why God decided to not destroy the without God's seed. And the reason is because God was not willing, as we've seen before, that any should perish out of that without God's seed. And he wanted that all of them should change their allegiance, should come through repentance, and become a part, cross over the line of the family of God. And then we saw the development of God's seed that started off very small in comparison to the other. But it became larger, as we've seen, larger and larger and more and more established. And we saw how important it was that this first one comes on the scene, Enos, who embraced the meaning of his name, that he was weak, that he was mortal, that he was frail. And he let all of that influence him so that he began the great practice of calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He called on the name of God. That's how he was revealed at that time. We know him now as the Lord Jesus Christ. So important. That's the characteristic that sets apart the with God and the without God seeds on earth. And that reminds me of my dear Aunt Jane Pearlstein. My Aunt Jane married my Uncle Sidney in Cincinnati. And she said, my Uncle Sidney corrupted her. I don't think so. I th- But anyway, but they got divorced and then my Aunt Jane married Mr. Pearlstein and then Uncle Sidney died and Mr. Pearlstein died and Aunt Jane lived alone as a widow there in Cincinnati. And I had last seen Aunt Jane in 1955 when I was five years old. And so 14 years after that, I came to light. I came to receive the Lord Jesus Christ That's what happened. And I was thinking a lot about Aunt Jane because I don't have a lot of these aunts and uncles still left. In fact, I can count them on my hand right now. So I was thinking a lot about her there, down there in Cincinnati, living all alone, without God, without hope. So I call her up and I said to her, Aunt Jane, I'm Bernice's son, Tommy. That's everybody knows me, Tommy. Don't call me Tommy, please. (laughs) I have enough of that in my own family because I'm the Tommy the troublemaker. Anyway, I said, this is Tommy. I said, I want to come and visit you, not a goal. I didn't want my Aunt Jane to go to hell. I wanted my Aunt Jane to go to heaven and she was in her 80s and time was running out and I was going to go visit her and and she said, okay. So I was driving down from Columbus, Ohio and it was getting dark as I was driving and and I decided, well, maybe I'll call her just to make sure we're still on. So I was calling her and, and the phone and she says, you know, I'm old and it's getting dark and I don't remember you very well. I don't know why, It just only been 50 years. But anyway, <laughs> I don't think I should let you in. I thought, oh, no. So I talked her into it. And uh, we got there and visited for about four hours. And after getting to know all the family stuff and who, what happened to this one and what happened to that one, getting all caught up. And then I got to tell her about my life and how it had developed into a life of immorality. And it left me as a filthy wreck and how I needed cleansing, and I couldn't find cleansing anywhere, and then I told her how 35 years before I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and not only found cleansing, but I found God and all the help that I could ever imagine in life, and it was good, and I became a friend of God, and she said, that's good for you. And so that's what she said. So I told her again in a different way and used another illustration and another illustration. So finally, after four hours, she had had enough. And she was more or less throwing me out. Well, I mean, you know, as she stood at the door. I kind of got the hint. But but when I looked at her, I said, Aunt Jane, okay, Aunt Jane, I promise you that this time I am going, you know, because we had gone through that. And I said, there's just one thing I said that I would like to ask you. Aunt Jane, I'm not asking you to do anything. It's nothing you have to do. It's just something you have to remember. It's some vital information, Aunt Jane. I want you to remember this vital information. I want you to promise me that you'll just remember what I'm about to tell you. So she said she would. And I told her, I said, you know, sometimes when you mail a letter, and the address is not adequate, the letter gets returned to you with a big stamp on it that says, letter returned for insufficient address. And I told her that many people pray. Oh, so many people pray, and they start their prayer with the address of God. I said, And Aunt Jane, I said. If you pray and you just address your prayer to God, that letter will likely be returned for insufficient address, I told her. And I said, Aunt Jane, God has a name, a more complete address. And so when you address your prayer to God, I said, what I'm trying to tell you is to remember that his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So I said, pray that way to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't just pray to God. Everyone says God. Nobody knows what they mean. So I told her, would you please remember that? And then I said, Aunt Jane, if you ever find yourself absolutely alone, desperate for someone, and there's no one, no one to help you. And I said, and you need help, and there's no one there. Would you please remember to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, she said, okay, and I think she just wanted me to leave, but I left. So three months later, I got a letter in the mail from Aunt Jane, and it reads, Dear Tommy, well, it happened. That's what she said. I was in my house, in the living room. I fell flat on my back, she said, and I could not move one toe. I was in such an excruciating pain. I couldn't move my arm. I was all alone. There was nobody here. I was desperate. She said, I remembered what you said. And I called out to the name you said. And right away, the pain left. She said, and I got up. And she said, I don't know what it all means. Love, Jane. (laughs) So Cheryl and I jumped on a plane for Cincinnati. I called her. I tell her, well, we're on our way. Now, Aunt Jane loves, like many people in Cincinnati, Skyline Chili Dogs. If you're from Cincinnati, you understand. Skyline Chili Dogs. And she likes Krispy Kreme donuts. You all know what those are. And so I told her that, okay, we're coming, and we're stopping, and we're buying the Skyline Chili Dogs and the Krispy Kreme donuts. So we got there, we sat down, we ate the Chili Dogs. And she says, so now let's have the Krispy Kreme donuts. And I said, Not yet, Aunt Jane. I said <laughs> I said, first we have to do business with God. Then you can have the donuts. And so I went over all the scriptures that clearly show that we are all sinners in Jane's Uh, situation. She didn't have any contest about that. And that our sin has separated us from God and how the Lord Jesus Christ, as God became man and died as a penalty payment for our sins. And that all she had to do was swing open the door of her heart, agree with him, make him her God, her savior. And she did. She prayed the sinner's prayer and then we ate the donuts. And so 30 days later, Aunt Jane is a Jewish hospital. She had flatlined, you know, the EKG was flat. And they were able to pull her out and keep her alive for three days. So during that time, I had a Jewish believer friend of mine call her and ask her if she still believed. And Aunt Jane said, oh, yes, they convinced me. And then she went into the presence of the Lord. What happened? She carried out what Enosh started. She called on the name of the Lord the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the characteristic of the with seed God. Now, when we look at this chapter here in chapter five, we see Adam lived 930 years. And then we read the tragic words. He died and he had Seth and seems appointed. And then Seth had Enos. We already saw that lived 912 years. Enos, 905 years. Everybody's living and dying and living and dying. And you're reading all these things. Jared lives 962 years. Methuselah lives 969 years. He has Lamech. Lamech lives only 777 years. And he had Noah. So the first thing that strikes you is that, how come he lived such a short life? He probably had high cholesterol, needed Lipitor. Why do these people live so much longer than we live today? That's the question I'll tell you. I don't know. But no, there's a theory and it goes like this. You know, some years ago, when the human genome was being elucidated, it was observed that only about 5% of the DNA in the human genome seemed actively functional, you know, making proteins that are in our bodies. And so the rest of it, the 95%, they gave the term junk to. They called it junk DNA. The only thing junk about it was man's understanding. (laughs) Because... Now we know that 95% of the DNA is very, very important. Why? Because what it does is it checks what's been made, and it double-checks, and it triple-checks, and it keeps on checking and checking to make sure that the blueprints that are making our proteins in our body, which are responsible for life, that they're working right, that they're right, that they're correct. It's really correcting for damages, okay? Now, there's a theory that aging in death is due to the misfunctions or the malfunctions of our DNA. And in fact, there's even a term that was given some years ago to it called genopathies, a pathology of your gene. Something's wrong with your gene. We know that's true in cancer. Cancer is a pathology of the gene. The gene's not working right. Doesn't stop growing. That's a pathology of the gene. And we also know that radiation damages DNA causing mutations. Now, at the time before the flood, we know that the earth was described in Genesis 2, 5, and 6. It says every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. It says, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. So some have given the term canopy. It was like a mist all over. It's like walking in a sauna, The Earth was like walking in a sauna. Worse than today. When you looked, you couldn't see very far. There was just mist, mist everywhere. In other words, the air was saturated with water molecules. And it didn't rain. So everything was watered from that water, see? It was in the air. So that meant, because the water molecule, H2O, it's a molecule, and it's able to absorb cosmic radiation or shield from cosmic radiation, or protect from cosmic radiation. So therefore, man's DNA, or the library of his blueprints, was protected from cosmic radiation. So therefore, he didn't die so soon, because his DNA was all in good shape. And because it was blocked by the water, see? And then what happened was that in the flood, the Lord God caused the supersaturation of the water in the air to precipitate, otherwise known as rain. So this supersaturation state of water came out of the air, and therefore the air now doesn't have as much water in it, and so the cosmic radiation is able to penetrate through and to uh, damage man's DNA, now, DNA is a library that is passed on to generation to generation through the egg and the sperm. And so any damages to it are what are called incremental. They're passed on, and as this damage happens, that damage gets passed on. Another damage comes in. Now you have two damages passed on. Another one comes in, you have three damages passed on. You see what I mean? So that as damages occur, to the DNA, then you begin to see the beginning of the decrease in the lifespan of man, so that 2,500 years ago, David could write in Psalm 90, verse 10, that the days of a man's life are three score and ten, or 70 years, and if by reason of strength, they be four score, which is about the lifespan that we have today. So 2,500 years later, no change, so much for Lipitor. So as we read down the list, and by the way, that's a scientific explanation. And you don't need a scientific explanation for everything in the Bible. And it's a good thing that you don't demand that. Otherwise, you're not going to get very far. But as we read down the list of the with God seed, he lived so many years, he died. He lived so many years, he died. Till you come to Enoch. And Enoch, the pattern is broken. And in verse 23, it says, All the days of Enoch were 360 years. And then those three words, which were with everybody else, and he died, are missing. And in place of those three words, we have verse 24, which is the explanation. And it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch didn't die. It just says, all his days were this, and then it says, he walked with God, one. He was not, two, and God took him. That's all we're told. It's a very, very instructive sequence for us. Sometimes we fear. Can you imagine if Enoch feared death? And he spent a lot of time worrying about death, you know. <laughs> and we could look at it and we say, Enoch, you wasted your time worrying about something. You were so foolish because you didn't die. <laughs> so that's instructive to us. Half the things we worry about never happen to us. But we like to worry, so why take it away? <laughs> but Enoch walked with God. So here's another tremendous, tremendous statement about the with God seed. They walk with God. They call on the name of the Lord and they walk with God. What does it mean to walk with God? Well, walk with God is like a side-by-side term. It's not the same as walk behind God, which Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. We walk behind our shepherd as he leads us. It's not the same as walking in front of God, like God told to Abraham, walk thou before me and be thou perfect. In other words, under examination. So there's the walk behind, there's a walk before, but this is the walk with. This is the side-by-side walk, which is different. And so we say, what does it mean? That's what we want to know. What does it mean to walk with God? Does it mean when we walk with God that we're going to just have a, just a very comfortable life? And uh, we'll be prosperous, we'll be wealthy, and worries are over. All we got to be worried about is where we're going to take our next vacation. Is that what it means to walk with God? Well, turn to Jude chapter 1, because we get more information about Enoch and what his life was like walking with God. And what did he do when he was walking with God? And in Jude chapter 1, verse 14, we're told about Enoch's life. It says, Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied, he preached, of these, saying Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now this is his content of his message. This is what Enoch is saying when he's preaching. And he says in verse 15, To execute judgment upon all, and to convince, prove, all that are ungodly among them, of all their ungodly deeds, and which they have ungodly committed and of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Did you notice the word that appeared four times there? What's the word? Ungodly. In other words, he's saying you're without God. You're without God. You're without God. Everything you're doing is not only without God, it's against God. It's ungodly. And so he is crossing the line. You know, it's like a Enoch is preaching this message and he's saying to them, you're murmuring against God, you're complaining against God, you're taking your own lusts and you're letting those be the guide of your life, and you're speaking great swelling words, like Lamech did, about how you're bragging about your murders and stuff like that, holding men's persons in admiration. So this is the message that he is giving to them and he's warning them The judgment is coming. He's saying to them, your actions are sinful. Your language is blasphemous. You take God's name in vain. You're murmuring and complaining against all the goodness of God and so forth like that. Now, why did he do that? Because that's what it means to walk with God. That's what it means to walk with God. To get occupied with what God does, with God's heart. And Enoch did what God did or what God wanted to do. I mean, here is Enoch. Look, Enoch, stay on your side of the railroad tracks. You are the with God seed. We are the without God seed. Why are you crossing over the tracks to tell us all these things? And not just to tell us, but to warn us. Okay, so now I want to tell you about Rita in the Bronx. So she listens to the 5 p.m. broadcast on Friendship with God in New York City. And Rita's blind. And she called to tell us that there's a little group of us who are blind and we gather together every day at 5 p.m. and listen to you. And then she says, I became concerned for my Jewish doctor, my Jewish eye doctor in Roosevelt Island. And so she said she called and wanted gospel literature and DVDs so she could bring her there. And then she says, you know, I can't wait for my next appointment with my Jewish eye doctor because Rita knows that the only hope for her Jewish doctor is the Lord Jesus Christ. Rita can't physically see. But Rita does see the Lord Jesus Christ as God and the only hope for anyone. Now her Jewish doctor can physically see. He can physically see, but he can't see. And so Rita is like Enoch, Because Rita, as part of the with God seed, is going to the without God seed and bringing that message, which she knows is so powerful that it can actually carry her doctor friend from the without God seed over the tracks to the with God seed. She knows that. And so the words that come to mind about Rita is 2 Corinthians 4.18, where it says this, While we look not at the things which are seen, But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's Enoch. He looked at the things which were not seen. What was not seen? The coming judgment. And he saw the coming judgment and it caused him to go out and preach. Preach what? There's mercy with God. There's grace with God. There's forgiveness with God if you turn. And the way verse 24 reads, it speaks about Enoch and it says that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. You know, the way it says that, he was not, it kind of brings the idea that they went looking for him. (laughs) Where's Enoch? You know, what happened to Enoch? He was supposed to come home today. He didn't come home. Well, somebody go out and try to find him. Let's find out where's Enoch. And they come back and they say, he's not. (laughs) He's not. (laughs) He <laughs> said, he's not. Sounds a little like the rapture, doesn't it? They go out, he's not. It doesn't say he walked with God and God took him. Now, I told you a little scientific explanation about the DNA. Okay, there's no scientific explanation I can give for this. Thank you for joining us today. Now,
0: is there a biblical question from the Old Testament that you have wondered about and that you would like an answer to? Tom Cantor would like to answer it on the Friendship with God radio program, just send your question to Tom Cantor by email to Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom, C A N T O R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also write your question into Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711 330. That's 711 330, Santee, S A N T E, Santee, California. 92071 92071 Write him today or you can call us at 1-800-247-3051 That's 1-800-247-3051 You can also contact us if you have a Jewish friend that you would like to reach with the gospel We can send them a Tom Cantor DVD or testimony booklet directly from us or to you to give directly to them So call us today 1-800-247-3051 That's one 800 247 3051 so again call us today to reach a lost jewish person with the tom Cantor dvd or again send in your question for tom Cantor to answer on air the email address again is tom at friendshipwithgod.org and our p.o box is seven one one three three zero, 330 santee california 92071 or 1-800-247-3051 thanks and join us again tomorrow